Bob's opening up candy, right? I am. All right. Why don't you open up a few? <laughs> Just lay them I out. think it adds a bit of authenticity. Bob. I wasn't going to do that, Carl. Mm-hmm. I know. I deserve it. Your, your <laughs> words are like original. It's, it's not words, but it's close it's enough. close enough. <laughs> this is a metaphor for consequence for sin, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you still love me. You forgive me. I do love you. I forgive you, but <laughs> I'm still going to eat you back. <laughs> Just because. Still because you can. Just because I can. There's a little bit of refinement you need to get. All right? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. I surrender to it. <laughs> got to forgive me. I'm old. My whole grudge is. <laughs> <laughs> You've earned it. Through many, many, many years. <laughs> <laughs> is that why you asked him if, if uh, uh, Arthur's original? Because like I'm glad nobody like knows my birthday. Stereotypical yeah. old person's kid. You made it. You made the comment. You made like a text comment about about Werther. Oh yeah. Like you made a pun. So I just assumed he had Werthers. Like I thought you had some inside track. Yeah. Oh. Maybe and that's Mike, what I meant by that. Oh, can, you, can you pull that knife on my back? <laughs> <laughs> can you? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Broken Record Ministries. I'm Ronnie. Coffee Mike's back. Hello, everyone. Brother Bob's back. Oh, the old guy's here. <laughs> 25 plus 30. 25 plus 30. Absolutely. Medium Mike's back. How y'all doing? And a first time Cedar. Mike is here. I was going to say <laughs> back. <laughs> but you be here first. You just said. Yeah. How's it going? <laughs> You didn't even introduce me. I was getting there. Oh, okay. I That's think the man it. took a breath, Carl. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> the impatient professor <laughs> is here. Young and vigorous. <laughs> Minus 20. <laughs> Minus 20. <laughs> Carl, would you read our Bible verse tonight, please? Sure thing. I'm reading 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 9. Then Elijah came there to a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of Yahweh came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? That's our topic for tonight, today, this morning. <laughs> I just time-stamped. <laughs> I knew it'd stick eventually. I know. I'm what, are we asking, are we asking what Elijah's <laughs> doing there? No, what are we doing here sometimes? <laughs> I know. I thought we were talking about the cave, but that's okay. Yeah. Sometimes it is a cave, and it feels like a cave. It definitely feels like it. Yeah, sometimes it's a never-ending cave. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's, I'm going to start this off for me because this rang true until late Saturday night. And my last week was pretty bad for me. Not like... It should have been, it started off amazing because my granddaughter was born. Like that should have set the tone. But it was just like one thing after another and a snowballed and a snowballed to where I just wanted to shut everybody out. Even like just turn off the phone, throw it away, whatever. 
and go into my own little dark cave until Saturday night. I already reached out to people and the unluckiest or unlikeliest one, not unluckiest one, he might have been unlucky, I don't know, <laughs> was listening to my pity party for the week, right? And gave some sound advice. And then that's when I read that. And I was like, well, what am I doing here? The only difference is coming out of it as to where some of us don't. And we just stop and walk away from faith or walk away from anything that we're doing. And that's the hard part. And I think I used to do that a lot. If it got really hard, instead of, you know, buckling down and pulling up the bootstraps, which I did sometimes, and other times I was like, yeah, I'll walk away from this because I'll bottle it up and put it on that shelf. And then that shelf got really full. Started bowing in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> and then it collapsed, and then there was a huge eruption. Yep. And so that's it. And then, you know, my mind just went all after when I could actually see the lining or the light at the end of the tunnel. Then I was like, well, I'm not the only one that's felt this way. I'm sure I wasn't the only one that's felt this way this week. The only one that should have reached out when I tell other people to reach out. And I'm in my own little proverbial deep, dark cave. And I didn't until the end, quote unquote. And that's kind of like that story of, of Elijah doing that until God comes and says, what are you doing here? And it was kind of like that to me. Like he didn't really say that to me, but when I was reading this account, that verse jumped out and it's like, Ronnie, what are you doing here? Not because I was ashamed of where I was at or any of that. It was just like, what, what, was the snowball effect to get me here and why? Mm -hmm. And I think we all go through that no matter what it is, sickness, you know, addiction, having birthdays that are way too old. I don't know. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, you know, anything. One and, and it's like the old adjective, right? Like if you're a new believer and here comes some rainbows and some unicorns and everything's going to be okay. Well, that's when the, when the hits start coming the most. The only difference is like, I'm not a new believer, so I should have known better, but it still affects me the same way. No matter if I'm at highway mile marker 63, highway mile marker two, 363, it doesn't matter. So I wanted us to open up and talk about it and use our experiences to for hope for other people that might be currently in that situation. You know, undoubtedly, we let life, we let life get us there. Mm -hmm. We allow things to just escalate and 
you know, we'll, we'll something will happen, but yet we'll kick it off to the back of our mind, you know, and then it'll ride for two or three days. And then when it comes back, it comes back with a vengeance. And it's worse than what it was before. Instead of taking care of the problem at that time and getting rid of it, we'll just let we'll just let stuff fester and just keep rolling up and just keep adding. And then eventually, it just it just blows it out. And and it, I guess more or less, it breaks your spirit. Yeah, you know um, when you emotionally throw in the white towel. Yeah, and it's just like you know, it's just like a ton of bricks falling on you all in one shot. You know, but the thing is, is we're always looking to the wrong place to get rid of the problem Mm -hmm. to where we, we, and we all know, we all know where we need to look to, but do we? No, we fail to do that all the time. I do. I mean, I'm, I'm the world's worst at it. I'm always saying, Hey, you know, you need to look to God for this. You need to look to God for that. I need to take my own advice sometimes, but I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, I, I think I can handle this one on my own. I think I can do this. I think I can get rid of it, but I can't because it just, there's some things you just got, you got to give to him. Yeah. I don't care. There's nothing you can do about it. The only thing you can do is give it to him to be able to get rid of it. And that's pretty much what, that's pretty much what Elisha was doing, you know, he was just, everything was snowballing at him. And that's why he went to the cave and hide, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, yeah. and, God, and God's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. What are you doing here? Mm-hmm. You know, and he's talking, he's, he says that to us all the time. He's like, well, wait a minute, like you. You know, you read that verse and it jumped out at you. You know, there's always something that he'll send in, and put in your path to direct you back to where you need to be. You know, sometimes he's got to hit you with it. That's yeah. me. He's got to hit me with a lot of things. Well, I'm going to interject one more time because it just dawned on me. So if I don't say it, I just put the correlation, like, why did I read this verse? But I was working on my next sermon. And it's the lady who bled for 12 years. That's what the base right. is. It's going to be in pressing forward to Jesus. Right? Mm-hmm. Which both subjects coincide together mm-hmm. but when i was researching this was one of the verses that came up so that's why i went there the only difference is like i was too busy having three cups of tea in my pity party to actually read it the first time and acknowledge what it was saying because that was the whole that's what it's going to be about is just pressing forward doing the things Praying every day, even though you don't feel like it, even though your energy's not there, even though it might be angry, like just pray. Or, as you guys know, I personally set my own challenge because I'm a glass half empty guy. So it's a Bible challenge, right? Just something out of the box to think about. As you guys know, in a text is like, would you pay somebody $5 to come to church or 25 for a month? Right? Like then things get hard. That's where my mind goes. Just because I'm thinking about it, working through it in my head. Last week, I didn't do that once. I read my devotionals. I prayed, but it was just like I did the bare minimum. 
the stuff you felt like you had to do. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't press forward. I just did the bare minimum stuff. So what you're telling me, what I'm hearing <clears throat> is you've done, you done the thing you do every day. You just didn't add to it. Right. Pretty much. Like, you got, I, nor- you like done, I normally You've done your ritual. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, because if you do something for so long, it becomes second nature. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then, then once once your second nature kicks in, then you got to press yourself to to continue to continue on to grow because you'll get comfortable where you're at. Mm-hmm. And once you get comfortable, then then that's when the growth stops. Well, and that's the key word is comfort because I think the enemy wants us in a place where we're comfortable because we're not growing. Exactly. You know what I mean? And I think more often than not, it's not that the enemy is trying to get us to run away from God per se. He, he wants us to do that. But if he can't get us to do that, he wants us to run away from our calling. And that's essentially what Elijah was doing here. Like there was so much pressure put on him that he was kind of running away from his calling. And God understood. You know, God God meets him where he's at and, mm-hmm. and has compassion on it. And he, he, works, he works him through it. But I think that's often what the enemy wants from us. Like I know like the pressure... There's a quote that I read today, actually, and it said, the harder you go after God, the harder the enemy is going to go after you. And there's a lot of truth in that. And it kind of hit me the last couple of days. You know, I've been dealing with like nonstop attacks from the enemy, it feels like, for the past couple of years. You know what I mean? The harder I, the harder you go after him, the harder the enemy goes after you, whether it's through, you know, I mean, he'll, he'll leave no stone unturned to hit you, whether it's, uh, you know, family issues, friends abandoning you health issues, nightmares, he'll, he'll throw everything he can at you to terrify you into no longer going after God anymore. Yep. And that's something that my wife said. She's like, you know, I think what the enemy's trying to get you to do is identify that that time in your life when you were, air quotes, a believer, but you weren't really, you weren't really pressing at all, you were super comfortable then. He wants you to identify that that's when you were comfortable, so you'll run back to that place. Even though you're still a believer, you're not doing anything meaningful or effective for the kingdom. And that's exactly what the enemy wants. He wants to he wants to paralyze you so you're no longer a threat to him. You know, if he can't get you into his kingdom, in other words, he wants you ineffective in attacking his kingdom. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, what's it been? Three weeks ago? Is that how long it's been since you've been at uh, Tuesday Night Bible Study? Couple, oh, three, yeah. About three weeks? Yeah. About three weeks, yeah. If you guys remember, we was talking about Goma. <coughs> mm-hmm. The prostitute, you know, and man, that that just stuck with me when you all was talking about that. And, you know, and I relate to that because, you know, she would she would go back and then she would get tired and she would prostitute herself out again. That hit me hard because we do that to God all the time. We go back to him for a while, but yet then we get comfortable and we're like, oh, I need some excitement. So. We go prostitute ourselves out to the world. Yep. Mm-hmm. We find we find whatever it is that makes us happy in the world. And then once that's done, we're like, oh, I better go back to God for a little while. You know, and, and man, ever since ever since I've heard that and ever since we talked about that, it's just I think about that all the time. I mean, it's just all the time in my head talking I'm thinking, am I doing this for God or am I doing this? For my pleasure, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. And Just for clarity for those listening, you know, you're referencing Gomer from the book of Hosea. Hosea, yeah. And it was it, Hosea lived prophecy out. In other words, some yes. prophets spoke prophecy, some lived it out almost like a theater. 
and Jose was called to live it out. So he was called to marry a prostitute named Gomer, and she would continually go back into prostitution to the point where Jose had to go purchase his own wife back right. out of slavery and bring her home. And God was using that as a metaphor for how we treat him. We consistently flee away from him and prostitute ourselves out, and he comes and buys us back and brings us back, and we prostitute ourselves out again. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a metaphor for what we do to his heart when we stray from him. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, he bought us back at the ultimate price you know, his son on the cross, Mm -hmm. but yet, you know, here we are, here we are, or here I am, you know, me, I'm talking about me because I used to, well, I try not to do, I try not to do it anymore. I try to, I try to put him first in everything. I try to keep him in the center of my world. So everything will draw to him instead of to the world. But, you know, I, I'll be looking at stuff and I'll be like, am I like Gomer or am I doing what God wants me to do? Exactly. You know, so I, I relate that now just because I heard that. I'm like, man, and that just, you know, that was one of them things that just jumps out at you. You're like, wow, look at how much I have done that to God. Yeah. Hmm. But yet he still loves me. And yet he still wants me to live with him in his kingdom. Yeah. You know, the best part about it is, is I'm saved. Once saved, always saved. I'm going to miss out on all them rewards and crowns that he's got in store for me in heaven. That's what I'm missing out on, you know, and that, and that, honestly, that's a lot. Yeah, it is. That is a lot, you know. Um, I mean, he's got a mansion waiting for me there. I always say, if, even if I'm just a doormat for people to walk through the pearly gates, I'm good with that. <laughs> at least I'm there. At least you're there, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's right. But I mean, for real, you know, he's got he's got a place prepared for each and every one of us, and you know, it's got to be beautiful. It's got to be amazing. You know, but now I'm just when I'm not when I'm not for him doing for him. And trying to trying to have that relationship with him, I'm missing out on so much. Mm -hmm. We miss out on so much just because we focus on what the stupid world's got to offer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In, in the comfort. Like I go back, you know, using that analogy, you know, prostituting yourself out. Like there was a period where he pressed Steph and I really hard on the stuff that we take enjoyment in. You know, video games, movies, television shows, things like that. And he pressed us really hard to go through everything with with a, a simple rule. If it involves glorifying something that he calls in his word an abomination, get rid of it. I bet we drug out, you know, those big black trash bags. I bet we drug out ten black, six to ten black trash bags from our house and stuff. Just mass media stuff that if we applied that rule to it, we got rid of it because he hates it and detests it and calls it abominable. That was the stuff we took pleasure in. Yeah. You know what I mean? And looking back, it's not like going harder after God made me more comfortable. The enemy came harder after me, like I just said. And I look back at the times that I was I was embracing things that he hates. I was comfortable, though. If I just go back there, I was still a believer. I was still saved. Everything was good. I could still make some posts on Facebook and call it call it good, call that ministry and everything square, right? I can still serve God pretty good. You know what I mean? And I was comfortable then. That's where the where the enemy wants your mindset. Mm-hmm. I can go back to that place mm-hmm. and I can sort of make the father and the enemy happy. And they'll both leave me alone. <laughs> that's where the enemy wants your mindset at. I'm not saying that's a good place to be in your head, but I'm saying that's what the enemy will do in your mind. You know what I mean? He wants you to get to yeah. that place where you're almost like it's like you're trying to play both sides to the middle to satisfy your own flesh and still make yourself feel righteous while you do it. Right. And but it's I'm not a, a good place to I'm be. I'm going to tell you, one or the other is not going to leave you alone. No. Either God's going to correct you because he loves you 
where the devil's going to go after you because you're trying to do what God wants you to do. And you're trying to, you're trying to follow him more and more and more. And the devil just wants to drag you back and back and back. Absolutely. Right. But I honestly, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think I'd much rather want the correction from God than I would the claws of the devil. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and I think that too, I think we need to remember that no matter whether we became believers in our adulthood or in our childhood, you know, when you're small in either one, you know, it only takes so much faith to fill you up. And as you grow and as you continue your walk, that just gets bigger and bigger. So we have to remember that that same stuff that, you know, three, four years ago, totally filled your cup of your, your faith cup, if you will. It's the same stuff's not going to do it now because you have a better understanding of not just the word, but also your relationship with Christ. So you need more of that. You need to continue to add things and, and stuff, you know, to where, and I don't think, I don't think we're good at it. I think we do. We like everybody has said, we get complacent, we get comfortable and it's like, Hey, I'm still doing all the good stuff. I'm still, you know, putting the stuff on here or I'm still watching this or I'm still doing my devotionals or I'm still praying and, and all of these things. But then we get complacent and you know, Hey, okay, well we can back off of some of the other stuff. You know, yeah. Maybe, maybe now, right now I don't need to be so much in the word or maybe now I don't need to be trying to reach out to people when I go get gas you know, or whatever it is. But those are things that we need to continue to build on because we have to, somebody has to continue to fill our faith cup, mm -hmm. you know, and we're responsible for that because God's already given it all, you know, he's already gave it all with his son. So there's nothing more for him to do. Right. So it's on us to continue that relationship. And the only way to do that is to continue to be in all of these things and be, you know, and, and have to knock out the things of the world, but we still struggle with it so much yeah. because we are human. You know, and it's, it's still, it's, you know, it's not necessarily an excuse, but it is, you know what I mean? I mean, we're fallible, but we're still striving to be like Christ. Yeah. So it's that, that walking that line, like you talked about Carl, you know, and, and just trying to be so, so serious about it and about that relationship of making sure you're always putting that relationship first. Yes. And it, it's not, it's not easy. It's not easy. Micah, Mike, either? That, that question has been said all throughout Scripture. You, know, you think of Adam and Eve at the beginning. Yeah. You know, Adam sins, he disobeys. What are you doing? Where are you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, know, you know, you think of the women at the tomb, you know, why are you looking here? I mean, mm -hmm. he's not here. He's risen. So I think that question is in all of us. And I think our natural tendency is to give up and walk away because it's easy. Mm-hmm. And, and to and to push through is hard. We don't like to do that because it is hard. It is difficult. We don't know where that road leads sometimes. There's a reason why God says his word is a light to our path. You know, it's not a bright light that shows up everything. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a light to our path. And as we walk and journey, he shows us a little bit more. It's kind of like the headlights of a car. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't show everything. They show what's in front of you. And mm -hmm. as you travel further, they show a little bit more and they show a little bit more. But our natural instinct is to give up and walk away and say, I'm done. And, and I think that's where Elijah is. And I think that's where all of us get most of the, a lot of the time is, is to, is to say, I'm done. So how do we get out of that? That's the question. Mm -hmm. You know, how do we get out of that? Well, we get out of that, obviously through the word, relying on other people. And 
the tendency for me, and I think you guys have mentioned the tendency for you as well sometimes is to isolate. Mm-hmm. Same same thing. I've been I've been kind of isolating a little bit and not reaching out. Well, when you isolate, then you become more vulnerable to attack for one and for two, you begin to wallow more in the struggles that you're going through so that you're not reaching out to other people and getting that encouragement that you need. When you, when you isolate, you're stuck with your worst enemy, which is yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, and and you get, you get thinking like, well, I've always got a text message from them, you know, reaching out to me and they haven't texted me. So then they must not care. Well, that's not it. Maybe God's telling you to do reach out and say, Mm -hmm. Hey, how's it going? You know, maybe reach out first. Exactly. Maybe they're struggling with the same thing or, or similar things as well. and, And it's, you need to reach out to them and, then the conversation begins and you can encourage each other. You can have that iron sharpens iron because you've taken that step. Right. Yep. Coffee, Mike, as you take your last drink of coffee. <clears throat> yeah. You know, listen to, you, to everyone. I think uh, what came through for me was the focus. When you're isolated, you lose focus. I'm always one looking to solve problems. And when I'm tending to solve problems, I'm not focusing on who I should be focusing on. I think isolation is the quick cure to a sharp pain. And I've been very guilty of that many times in my life and still to this day do just that. I make it a point to try to reach out to everyone in this room as much as I possibly can, other than just to say hello. For me, sometimes, when I reach out to others, not expecting anything back because you guys are busy, I'm not. Occasionally, I'll get something back from one of y'all that takes my mind away from what I'm wallowing in and refocuses me. And it goes right back to what Micah was saying about iron sharpens iron. You know, that's the tattoo I have on my arm. If I just looked out at my own arm, <laughs> which is attached to my body, mm-hmm. if I can't focus on my own arm, my focus on the hot, most high is far more important than my own arm. So when I isolate, I'm struggling with a world problem. And really, the world problem means a lot at the moment, but in the longevity of life, we're only here a split second anyway, but what yep. feels like forever for us on the day that we go to home, that problem meant nothing. And somebody might have been able to speak truth into that problem if I had reached out. And a lot of times for me, it's because I don't know what I'm doing. I'll be honest. You know, am I praying correctly? Am I, am I being open? Am I sharing? I, I shared with you guys a bit of a devotional I read today. People are not willing to be vulnerable or open because they're afraid of loss. What will my brethren think of me? And I think that's the trick that the enemy uses to keep us isolated. I mean, the percentage is if I ask 30 people, how are you today? Chances are we'll get Mike's famous answer back. Okay. I'm fine. <laughs> you probably get that back from all 30 people. Mathematically speaking, that's not possible. So why are we hiding what we're feeling, what we're dealing with in our daily struggle, our journey towards 
following Jesus? Why, why do we hide that? That's my, that's my question. Mm-hmm. I know where to hide. That's the cave. Okay, I got that part down. No problem. But why, I think, goes back to my statement of being on focus. There's okay. a lot more rolling around in my head. I just can't seem to get yeah, it to materialize. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think you're right. I mean, because you do, you have that. There's always some some kind of fear, you know. Oh, if I if I reach out again, then I'm just going to be that guy. I'm going to be that crybaby. Yeah. 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 You know, I'm just going to be that guy. Or if if I give this over to God, there's so many people with so many things that are so much worse than exactly. anything that I have going on that are literally life threatening. And I'm having this pity party because I'm worried about whatever. a check engine light on my car. Come on, give me Something, a break. Right. You know, you know, absolutely. You know, but he still, he still calls us to do it, and, but we don't. So you're right. Why? You know, and you know, some of it, some of it's the way that we were raised. We were talking about before we started recording, you know, and you know, how, how you're supposed to handle all of your stuff. And it's just, nobody else is going to handle it for you. It's just you. Always got that buck up. You can get it done. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Suck yeah. it up, buttercup. Right. Exactly. And yeah. our past, our past experiences play into that as well. You know, sometimes you've, if you've reached out to people, like in my experience, mm-hmm. you know, I've reached out to people lots of times, opened myself up and it's come back to kind of bite me in the rear end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you kind of go, so then the isolation comes because you go. Cause you're snake bitten. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, okay, well, why do I do that again? You know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to make myself and it's a pride thing, right? but yeah. it's why would I make myself vulnerable again? Yeah. Right. And so sometimes it's the fear of past experiences coming back to, to haunt you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. F- fool me once, shame yeah. on you. Fool me yeah. twice, shame yeah. on me. Yeah. Once bitten, twice yeah. shy. Yeah. 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 That's you know? a quote of great rocks. And I mean, and that's actually, I'm sure everybody here in this room has sent us to where we don't, haven't opened up in a very long time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because you always have the people that are like, hey, you can be real with me. And they always prove you wrong. You know, and this is, um, it, it's, it's sad. It's, yes. it's so sad. You know, and I'm so happy for this room of men, you know, and because of the fact that time and time again, that's been proven false. It's I mean, it's been proven that I can trust these guys, you know, and it's not not to say that. And I tell I just told my son this on Sunday because he was having an issue. And I said, listen, some point in time, everybody's going to let you down. Yep. Mom's going to let you down. I'm going to let you down. Doesn't mean we don't love you. Doesn't mean we don't care. The only person is not God. But if you have and surround yourself with a group of people that are going to direct you back to God or help you in any way that they can, that's where you want to be. That's the people you want to focus your life around and, you know, just engulf yourself in that blanket of, of God, if you will, you know, and, and stuff. And that's, I mean, it's, it's changed my life. When it's cool too, how often it is that when you do try to isolate, how God will drop the people you need right, right in front of you. Cause he knows that we were created to be relational. You know what I mean? And you know, originally you mentioned Adam and Eve, Micah, they were walking face to face with God in the cool of the day. We were designed to be relational Mm -hmm. because of sin and our separation. We can't walk face to face with him in the current. So that's why we need each other because he understands we need that face to face interaction as well. And you had expressed how you were kind of isolating Micah. And there was a day a couple of days ago that I was struggling too for some issues that we talked about. And we just run into each other randomly in Walmart. All the years we've known each other. <laughs> just randomly. I yeah. I, yeah. I don't think that's ever happened. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't even know why I went in that day. I didn't need anything. I was there for a pickup. Right. The whole point of the pickup is so you don't go in. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That's the yeah. whole point. You got the blessing. Yeah. 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 That's the blessing of the pickup. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, exactly. But I went in just to wander around Walmart like a teenager on a Saturday night. I don't know why I was doing that. And I run into you, Mike, and we, we, we stop and we have a conversation. I think we both needed it in hindsight. I know I needed it because you mentioned things that were like, Man, I, I expressed to you then, like on the nose stuff that was from the spirit. Yeah. And in hindsight, it seems like maybe you kind of needed that conversation too, or at least just a reminder that you have people in your life that love you, that care about you, that God's put in your life because you need that face-to-face -face interaction with people that you can trust that aren't going to intentionally let you down. Because mm -hmm. even though, yeah, we might let each other down, I, I fully believe that nobody in this room would intentionally let somebody else down. I agree. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. There's a difference between disappointing someone and seeking to disappoint someone. And mm -hmm. I, I don't think anybody in this room would do that to each other. Right. Well, I'd like to add a caveat to that. They wouldn't if they could remember something, if they've forgotten. Like Bob's gotten older, so maybe he might have forgotten something. He might let us yeah. down on that. Wow. So we love Bob. Hey, brother. My mind's just as sharp as it was when I was 20. There you go. Well, so then, then we have nothing to worry about, Bob. I uh, love how that's... the second oldest guy in the room is razzing you about your age. <laughs> <laughs> the, the oldest guy in the room. Oh, yeah. He's the oh, I'm the guy with the short-term memory loss. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. But, but I saw an opportunity to one-up Bob. He's got to get his puns where he can. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Because I'm always at the bottom of the because, list getting uh, kicked. <laughs> if he'd have went two or three more seconds, he'd have forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That oh. is true. That's fair. I want to circle back to what the professor said. And I say that just because I always compare Carl myself. If he's the professor, I'm the elementary teacher, right? I thought you were good. I'm sorry. Oh, well, yeah. No, that's what I always think of. <laughs> yeah. I always think of I'll myself just as Billy's religious I mean, the PC elementary, I'm preschool. <laughs> I'm not even in school, so let's go. <laughs> but earlier you said that the enemy would attack us, mm -hmm. right, and keep us in that spot as when God was also attacking. So we're trying to keep both sides happy, right? The more I looked back on We're Switzerland. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The more I looked back on last week, the more I think it was God sharpening me and refining me more so than the enemy. Mm -hmm. and, and maybe that's just me because I don't like to give the enemy too much credit, right? Like, well, dude needs another job. So, yeah, like, yes. But, <laughs> and, I, and I'll tell you why, because I made the the two plus two connection from the sermon that I'm preparing to the, our Bible verse. But when you're prepping for the sermon and it's pressing forward and you're trying to illustrate that and they're old and past stories. So you might not be able to illustrate it as passionately and mm -hmm. going forward when you need to. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, well, Let's have a week. We'll see if you actually press forward or not. Yeah, right. Well, I right. noticed that with the con with the, with the with the podcast consistently, we'll have a we'll have a topic, and I'll look back on the week. I've shared this before, and like I, he allowed me to struggle all week with it. Mm -hmm. So you know what I mean. So it's like you said, it's 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 more real for you. You can be yeah. more real in your expression of the issue to help somebody else with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, now I know. Like I. I knew where I wanted to go with the sermon and 
you know, the whole nine yards, but like, like I got told it was more like a devotional than an actual sermon. So you need to expand on it a little more, which was correct. But now actually going through that week, <laughs> now we can expand on it mm-hmm. and now it'll preach. Yep. Well, I want to elaborate on something too, because you, because like, you're absolutely right. Like our focus needs to be on the most high, not mm-hmm. the enemy. Even when it's the enemy attacking, our focus needs to be on the sovereign king because he's allowing it for a reason. You had mentioned something, Bob, about how no matter what end of it you're on, either either you're being attacked by the enemy because you're pushing toward God or you're being disciplined by God because you're straying, right? You're backsliding or something. There was a word that kept coming up for us when we were talking about the topic, and it's endure. Mm-hmm. I think Ron, who's you skipped out on us tonight. Yeah. He's bowling. Yeah, well, whatever. He even, he's yeah, that what you call it? Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> for something? Anyway, he like shared the, he had shared the definition for endure in, in English, and it got me kind of thinking, and it really aligned with, I told you, Ronnie, that there was something that I thought I was supposed to share, but I wanted to wait and see how you framed the topic this week. So that was my prayer. If it directly aligned, well, it did. But uh, it kind of started with in Greek. You know, there's there's a few words that we translate as endure in the Bible. One of them is hupomeno. And it's in scripture like 17 times. In Greek, is it's it's very militaristic or games based the language it's it's either based on something like an olympic type game language or military language hubameno is very military language based and it carries the picture of some of a soldier standing firm without retreating under attack so standing under pressure that's what that word means and i wanted to read two references that show the two occurrences where we see that the two contexts where we see God building our endurance, our ability to stand firm in his presence without backing down. The first is in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 20. And it says, If when you do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently endure, hupomeno, this finds favor with God. So in that occurrence, affliction's coming because you're going hard after God. So the enemy's bringing affliction, but the Most High's allowing it because he's teaching you how to stand firm, how to hupomeno. The other reference we find is in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 7, and it says it is for discipline that you endure, hupomeno. God deals with you as sons for what son is there whom his father does not discipline. So in that context, the believer's backslidden, fallen into a sin of some kind, so the affliction comes because of discipline. To train the person to go back into the presence of the Most High, to go hard after the Most High again, and teach endurance. Affliction, the, the affliction's the same, Right? In the one hand, the source seems to be from the enemy. and the other hand, the source is obviously from the Father. But the truth is the source is from the Father in both cases. Act, because yeah. if he's mm-hmm. sovereign, he's allowed it either way. Yeah. And he's allowed it in both cases to train for the same trait, endurance. In both cases, whether it's a backslidden believer or a firm-standing believer, he's training up the same trait in both to patiently endure, to, to, to stand firm under pressure. That's what he's training us for. So we have to keep that mindset. You know what I mean? I think that helps when we're, because we're going to suffer attacks. We're going to suffer. We're going to have to endure pressure. We're going to have to have that trait trained into us. And I think it helps to not fall away or to not walk away if we understand why it's happening. Right. Mm -hmm. I think it's really understand. I think it's really important to understand the why of things. Well, I'd Mm -hmm. I'd like to add to you, Carl, you know, endurance. A lot of people think of endurance as the ability to run long distance or... In that case, I have none. Me too. But I'm just saying, but the world doesn't prize 
endurance. Think about it. Everybody wants the short path, the shortcut, the easy road. Especially in, in America. Especially yeah. in especially here in America. That's called entitlement. It's mm-hmm. called microwave culture. Uh, whatever you want to call it, it's no longer, you know, in the old days, when I was growing up with Bob. <laughs> in the 20s? Whatever. Yeah. yeah. But uh, 1900. Yeah. <laughs> in the old days, when somebody wanted to achieve something, they set a pl- they had a plan. Everything they did was looked at through the plan and would it achieve the end result. In essence, that means delayed gratification. But delayed gratification requires endurance. Mm-hmm. That's no longer taught in our society. Oh, no. no because no. you can get it now, rent it now, whatever you want to do. There's no need to wait to get it. Go get it. Make yourself happy. Yeah. And when we behave that way in this country... We're taking the most high out of the center of our life. And that's really the problem we are, we're facing in this country is I want it now. I want it yesterday. Well, Why well, is it in my hand? All yeah. the multimedia we got. So that, that's where all the instant gratification comes from. Right. You know, in the I mean, other days you had to wait know, for the YouTube, newspaper to print TikTok, it, to read it. Whatever. Yeah. Right. You know, but go back, going back to what you was talking about, you know, God being on both aspects of that. Best part about that is, is God is totally in control all the time. Yep. The devil has no control over anything. That's exactly why you can tell him behind me, Satan, leave me alone. And God's like, yep, okay, you got to go, buddy. He said to get out of here. Yeah. And so, you can trust the father. Yes. You know what I mean? You don't have to fear. I'm not, you, you will. There wouldn't be so many occasions in scripture where he, he <clears> says, he, don't fear, don't fear. He says it hundreds and hundreds yeah. of times in scripture because we will. We will, we will become fearful, but he consistently reaffirms the promise you don't have to. Although you will feel feel fear, you will feel this sensation, I'm telling you, you don't have to. Right. That's what the Father is saying to us. You don't have to because I've got you. Yes. You know, you, you've always talked about God having that umbrella, and we're walking just inside that umbrella under, under the shelter. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I like that metaphor because, you know, we can choose to get in and out of the rain, but God's God really wants us to stay in that umbrella. Yeah, you know, but He allows us to get out in the rain to get wet. And then He's like, "Okay, are you done? Are you clean? Now get back in here." Yeah, you know? exactly. Right. Yeah, that perfectly aligns with. I wanted to look at a couple accounts, but I want to wait until everybody's conversation's done before we do that. But that that perfectly aligns with a couple things I wanted to look at before we close out the episode. So just keep that and keep that in the back of your mind. That's pretty awesome. You brought that Remember, up. he's old. He may not have it. So easy, easy. I told you my mind was sharp. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. See, I already forgot. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, it's funny, Bob, that you were talking about that and get behind me, Satan. And one of the things that in the last couple of weeks we had, I think, a small group or something had uh, hit on was using the phrase, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And I've actually put that into place because I was unfortunately kind of one of the during a prayer squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I feel like passionate about something and it's like, you know, Lord God, I really want to bring this to you. And, and oh, I wonder what they were doing over there. And is that, you, you know, I mean, your mind yeah, wanders yeah, in the middle yeah. of it. I could be sitting in a sermon doing the same thing, you know, all of these things. And I, I really have done that in the last couple of weeks to really try and focus myself in to say, you know, like double, you have no place in my heart. You have no place in my mind. Get out or rebuke you in Jesus name, you know, and just kept hitting on it until I knew, okay, 
Yeah. I'm thinking straight now. And yeah. my, my focus is where it needs them, to be. Them, them words that you just said, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. My wife says it all the time. Yeah. I'm talking when something's going wrong. She's like, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Behind me, Satan. Yeah. And I mean. It's powerful. Know, it's powerful. Real powerful. Yeah. You know, the thing is, is you got to believe that it's powerful. You got to trust that it's going to happen. Right. You know, you just can't be like half-hearted about it. Nope. It's got to be a wholehearted thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. But yes, that them words are pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Well, let's pull the needle off the record and do some final thoughts. I know you, Professor. Let the professor go first because I want to hear this. You want to do this? Huh? Right, mini Bible study. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> we really need to program this thing with sound effects. <laughs> yeah, we do. Where's Ron at? Because he can do it too. Pew, <laughs> pew, pew. <laughs> I just got one question, Carl. Will there be any Gunsmoke reference tonight? There might be. I don't okay. know. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> I'm just checking because I, hey, I was looking I forward, really to look forward to it. We've you. already had Ronnie's head been smoking all night. Come yeah. on. <laughs> hey, his Gunsmoke collection didn't make it into that six to ten trash bag so we're just yeah okay i bought with, that later I'm, I'm okay. to fill up my collection again <laughs> i'm okay with that i just I, i've gotten used to it i enjoy it i'm waiting for one that i can use somewhere and quote somehow yeah that's funny because last week i recall i quoted matt Dillon i don't think you recall Dillon. exactly right, right carl at all yeah because yeah, yeah. you know i'm gonna say the loud groan <laughs> on the podcast was from you well uh, i think that was indigestion it's yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, tacos well, that day, right? I'll admit, right. I've never watched it, so, like, I, I, you know, I might throw out Tombstone what? every once in a while. Oh, Tombstone, yeah, yeah, now we're talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be your Huckleberry, yeah, Mike. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> all right, back on track. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see. So I want to look at a couple of accounts from Second Chronicles that align with those references that I, that, that I brought up. Let the two contexts of endurance, whether you're going hard after God or being disciplined in the first, is in the context of a guy named King Asa. And in, in this period in time, I'm not going to get into the full story of Asa. At this point in time, he was going hard after God. Okay, he was taking away all the cult, all, all the all the cult prostitutes, all the shrines, all the all the paganism. He was instructing the people to follow after the Most High. He was doing well. Right. It says that in the text that he was following after God wholeheartedly is what it says. And while he was following after God wholeheartedly, we're told that a guy named Zerah the Ethiopian invaded Judah with a massive army. God allowed that. It's like King Asa was doing the will of the father and had a heart that was wholly committed to the most high. And still the most high allowed the Ethiopian to invade Judah. And. In the context of this, so so Asa is facing off against this Ethiopian, this massive invasion. The invasion's already already begun, and now he's besieging Jerusalem. So it's it's actually gotten pretty far, right? In chapter fifteen of Second Chronicles, God sends a prophet named Azariah. Says that the Spirit of God came over Azariah, so he's speaking directly the word of the Most High, and he speaks this to King Asa and his people. He says, "Listen to me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin." Yahweh is with you when you are with him. When? When you are with him. So when you're under that umbrella. And if you seek him, he will let you find him. I love that wording, by the way. When you seek him, he will let you find him. He'll let you under the umbrella. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. 
Notice in each case, what comes first is your heart condition toward the Father. Mm-hmm. It's never, and see, we have promises that the Father will never leave or forsake you, and that's absolutely true. He will never cast you aside on a whim for no good reason. But if you walk away from him, if you leave the umbrella, he effectively forsakes you because you've walked away from him. That's the context we have here in each case, right? When you seek him, when you walk toward the Father, he lets you find him. Because your heart condition was to seek him. When you turn away and you walk away from him, he lets you. He lets you walk out from underneath the canopy of the protective umbrella. You can always go back, though, right? So this is a promise he's given. And what's amazing to me about this, God didn't send Azariah until it was down to the wire. He made Asa trust through this entire process, right? Without hearing a word from the Most High. He's watching the Ethiopian successfully invade Judah and come right up to the gates of Jerusalem. And then he sends the prophet, right? Sometimes he expects us to trust through a lot of trial. Sometimes he expects us to trust through a lot of enemy attack. And sometimes he doesn't give us a direct word with his own voice until right at the last second. That doesn't mean he's not there, though. We have to remember that. So this is an example of endurance being tried and tested when you have the right heart condition. Mm -hmm. Does that kind of make sense? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to continue the rest of what this prophet says, and I go to the second account and close it up. Verse 3, For many days Israel was without true God and without a teaching priest and without law. But in their distress, they turned to Yahweh, God of Israel, and they sought him, and he let them find him. So he's reiterating, They strayed away from me, my people strayed away, but as soon as they cried out, as soon as they cried out and sought me, I let them find me. In those times, there was no peace to him who went out or to him who came in, for many disturbances afflicted all the inhabitants of the earth. Nation was crushed by nation and city by city, for God troubled them with every kind of distress. Let me tell you something. When God is the reason for your trouble, you need to start asking questions and see. Yes. You think? But that also reinforces what we had mentioned earlier, that God's the source of everything. Like it or not, he's the source of everything. So if affliction comes into our life, he allowed it or he brought it for a reason. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it's because their heart hits straight away and he's trying to get their attention so that they walk back. Because it's always his desire that we walk under his umbrella. He wants us there by his side. That's what he wants. But he also will allow us to walk away and he will not walk with us in our sin. He, he'll reach out to us while we're in our sin to draw us. That's a different thing. But he is not going to walk with you in your sin. And endorse that. He will not. God does not move. If you stray away from God, it's because you move, not him, and he will not move into sin with you. Right. He'll draw you back. There's a big difference between those two things. Mm -hmm. So that's where I'm going to stop. But I want to go back a couple chapters to the opposite end of this, to a guy named King Rehoboam. King Rehoboam was the son of King Solomon. Solomon had strayed pretty greatly toward the end of his reign and brought, brought punishment upon Israel for his paganism. Rehoboam head straight as well. He followed in his father's sin, but it's interesting the way that it words this in 2 Chronicles chapter 12, because at one point, King Rehoboam was kind of obeying. But then it says this, when the kingdom of Rehoboam was established and strong, he and all Israel with him forsook the law of Yahweh. Do you notice what came first? Before they forsook Yahweh, they got strong, they were blessed, they had everything they needed, So they decided they didn't need God anymore. I think that's where we get to. 
And that comes back to what we talked about with comfort. The enemy wants us comfortable. The enemy got Rehoboam comfortable. The enemy made sure that nothing was troubling Rehoboam anymore. Everything was good for him and got him to a place where he didn't feel like he needed God anymore. So he's straight. Got too big for his own britches. Yeah. And that's kind of what I meant when I talked earlier about how the enemy sometimes wants you to look back at those places where you were comfortable, but you weren't particularly obedient. You were still kind of a believer. Rehoboam was playing both sides to the middle here. Yeah. Right. He was still worshiping God. He was just worshiping idols too. What's the big deal? As long as God gives part of part of the part of the credit, he's making both sides happy. What difference does it make? Well, it made a made a really big difference. Yeah. This he is wasn't how, making both sides happy. No, he was yeah. not. And this comes down to that the discipline side of training endurance. It says this, continuing on, and it came about. And King Rehoboam's fifth year, because they had been unfaithful to Yahweh, that Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Rehoboam. I'm not going to read all of this, but I'm going to go down. And then it says that Rehoboam received a prophet as well, just like Asa did, but for the opposite reason. They, they were both receiving a very similar affliction. That's what's stunning about this to me. That's why I wanted to connect it. Both are being invaded by a foreign king. Both of them are suffering an invasion that's successful. And it doesn't look like they have any way out. Both receive a prophet. But Asa was faithful. Rehoboam wasn't. Right? It seems it seems counterintuitive. It seems like Asa wouldn't have had to suffer this. But when we look at endurance and the purpose of the trial, both were being taught how to stand steadfast in the presence of the Most High and why it's important that we do. But they were being tested in the same way. That's what's kind of stunning. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Asa, it seems like that it came from a, a direct attack from the enemy in the form of the Ethiopian, but with Rehoboam, it seems like it was the Most High that directly brought Shishak. In both cases, though, the Most High allowed it. He was the ultimate source. So the prophet, he receives his name Shemaiah, and it says in verse 5, Thus says Yahweh, you have forsaken me, so I also have forsaken you to Shishak. Exactly the same thing the prophet Azariah said to Asa, if you forsake me, I will forsake you. The reason I bring this up is we have got to get past this idea that we can do whatever we want and he's always going to be cool with it, right? It's true that he promises he will never leave nor forsake us, but that's not an open-ended endorsement to sin any way you see fit and a trample on his grace. There are consequences. When we stray away from him, there are consequences. He's very clear about that in the text. So the princes of Israel, verse 6, so the princes of Israel and the king humbled themselves and said, Yahweh is righteous, period. I love that. No excuses. You don't see Rehoboam say, yeah, but. Yeah. You don't see that. Mm-hmm. You don't see him say, yeah, we sinned, but can you please just like, can you give us you know, a free pass this time? All Rehoboam says is essentially Yahweh's righteous in what he's doing, and he submitted to it. He didn't ask for anything. And that's the response when we're in sin and we're suffering discipline. That's the response he's looking for. That's why I wanted to bring this up. Well, he he understood that he was in the wrong. He was. Yeah, Yeah. he did understand. And that's why I think this Rehoboam example is really important because although Rehoboam was a sinner like we are, and although he was very much straying away from the Most High, he gives the perfect response when we're confronted with our sin and asked to repent. Yahweh's righteous. Period. 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 I'm not going to ask for any favors because I don't deserve any. I'm going to surrender to your will, Father. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. That's all he said. And this was how the Most High responded. When Yahweh saw that they humbled themselves, the word of Yahweh came to Shemaiah saying, They have humbled themselves, so I will not destroy them. But 
I will grant them some measure of deliverance, and my wrath shall not be poured out on Jerusalem by means of Shishak, but they will become his slaves, so that they may learn the difference between my service and the service of the kingdoms of the countries. It's another important lesson, too. Sometimes he forgives us. There are still consequences to teach us because we have to be taught the importance of enduring Mm -hmm. with him. Why it's so important to stand in the umbrella with him and not stray away. Because, man, our eyes lead us astray. Our hearts lead us astray, and it takes a lifetime to train that out. That's amazing because, uh, you know, sometimes he allows us to be a slave to our own sin. Mm -hmm. Just because we're too thick-headed to understand that we're in that sin. So Mm -hmm. he's like, okay, guess what? You're going to be a slave for a while to it. You're going to do what that sin wants you to do until you figure out who's the right one. Yep. Absolutely right. Is that all you got? That's all I got. Now it's your turn to follow that up. Yeah. Mm, Well, you know, it won't be as eloquent or anything else, but, um, you know, I was just reading the Bible. We, uh, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, we, we talked about it and this, that leads totally and completely into, into my final thought was we asked the question, why do we do that? Why do we put ourselves in those caves? Why do we not reach out when we're feeling down or when we're, um, feeling alone and like there's nothing we can do or anything like that. And I think that that's a lot of it is we don't want to be confronted with our sin by the most high, by our friends. We don't want that correction. We want to have pity party a little bit, you know, we want to, and I know, I know this is true for me. I I don't want, I don't want to hear I'm wrong. I don't want to hear that how I'm feeling is wrong. I want to have a pity party. And I want to be, I just want somebody to tell me I'm right. You know, like we've talked about that before and my wife will say, Hey, okay, I need to know, what are you looking for from me? Do you just want the supportive wife or do you want me to tell you the truth? <laughs> and sometimes I just want her to be a supportive wife. You're right, honey. They suck. And I mean, I she do. will, she will. And then she'll never let me just let it lie there. Even if it's the next day, it'll still be. Okay, you ready to you ready to hear the truth now? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> true teeth. Absolutely, yes. every time you know. But and, and uh, you know, God bless her, and He definitely blessed me with her. But I mean, and that's to me, I try to put that out as well with us. You know, to the hey, let's let's be raw, let's be truthful. You may not want to hear it, but it could still be worse. And because I can't tell you how many times I've told Ronnie, Hey, we're going to have this conversation. If it was this different conversation, different conversation, because then you're talking about a different a sin. You're living in this. You don't want to get out of it. You want to do this. You want to do your own thing. And you don't want to listen to anybody. You know, you don't want to listen to God. You don't want to listen to us, anything like that. But still having those people is essential. It's essential to life. That was eloquent. Yeah, it was, it was great. That was a good one. Not as good as the Bible, but it was eloquent. absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> as the Bible. It was, it was, yes, yeah, absolutely, decently close. Yeah. I'm trying to stay without being blessed. Yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> Coffee, Mike. <clears throat> well, it's really a deep subject, and I think. Mike kind of hit it on the head. We need to be raw with each other. 
regardless of the consequences you think are going to happen in your head. The Bible is full of passages that says, confess your sins to your brothers, because the righteous prayers, the prayers of a righteous are very powerful. It says right in the Bible. I mean, Micah, are you looking at me? Did I miss that? That's scripture? Okay. <laughs> I, I don't want to paraphrase the Bible. Okay, so. But uh, I, I think all of us want to appear one way to the world, but need to appear a different way. And that's a humble, raw, here's my heart, God. We need to appear that same way to our fellow brethren, because I guarantee you there's nothing under the sun that any of us are going through that somebody else hasn't gone through. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's like when you have a problem, you put all the best minds you can in one room. Why? Why one room? Why not separate areas? Because you can bounce off of each other and feed off each other and correct each other's problems. Mm -hmm. So my final thought is, thank goodness for correction. Because God will speak to you through whomever he needs to, to get to you. So you hear the truth, the love that's needed in everyone's life. The connection that's needed in everyone's life starts with love and fellow brother because we, we, we don't get to walk in the cool of the evening with God in the garden. We have to walk with Ronnie and Mike and Carl and Micah and Bob. <laughs> as long as none of y'all are in like swimsuits, I'm okay with that. But, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> the same from my personal view. Yes. You know. But but importantly, it's, it's important summer. that we. It's not summer yet. No. Yeah, it's not yet. That we. Yeah, no timestamp here, Mike. Yes. Um, but it's important that we connect and stay connected, and stay out of the dark caves. Somebody at this table once said, "If I, you know, if I hear one more time when you guys tell me you're fine, I'm going to bust you in the head." Now, does everybody remember who said that? We're all fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. That would be, that would be, and this is for you, Carl, because I love you. That was Alpha Mike that said that. <laughs> Nobody's fine, okay? The world is a tough, miserable place. And happiness and, glory and grace only comes from God. Mm -hmm. Thank God that he sent Jesus to die for my sins, that I may approach the Most High's throne. That's my final thought, Ronnie. Mm. Very nice. Micah? I think back in our text, you think of Elijah, and he did just that. He isolated. He went back into the cave. It's interesting to note he's standing in front of the cave, and all this stuff happens. You know, the fire and the earthquake and all this stuff happens. And then at some point, he just goes back into the cave because the Bible says that he stands at the entrance of the cave and God asks him that same question. What are you doing here? If you read down, you see the exact same question that you saw in the first in that verse nine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he asked him to come back out yeah. again later, yeah. which means. <clears throat> so at some point he kind of just said, I'm done. Mm -hmm. And went back into the cave. And I think we all get there. And and we all feel that way. And it's a natural tendency, like you said, Mike, it's crazy world. It's it's harsh. But then it's listening to God. It's listening to the still small voice. Mm -hmm. To listen to what God says. And God will be prompting us over and over and over and over again. You mentioned your week. Now God kind of prompted you in a different direction. It happened to me tonight. I was teetering on whether I was going to be on the podcast tonight. Kind of going back and forth. And um, well, I got so much to do because we want to wallow. We don't want to listen 
to God. We don't want to listen to his promptings. We want to wallow in what we're going through and what we're struggling with. So we don't want to listen to God and listen to his promptings. And so I sent Carl a message and said, what's the topic tonight? And when he, when he mentioned the topic and I looked at Diane and said, here's the topic for tonight. She goes, well, if that's not God telling you to be there, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah. so, so it's listening to those, it's listening to those promptings and listening to what, to what God, God says, because he will bring those into our life. And it's like Carl said, he's constantly drawing us back to himself. Mm-hmm. The challenge for us is whether we're listening to him and following or whether we're going to push him away or continue to wallow exactly. in what we're going through. Yep. Oh, oh you're, up. you're <laughs> last. <laughs> well, I'm not last. Ronnie's last. You're the golden oldie. No, no <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks, buddy. Wow. Uh, you know, all you guys are correct. I mean, we got to have we got to have people we can bounce off of. You know, we got to have. I, I go back to Acts chapter two, where they where they do the community. You know, where um, they you know the, the Holy Spirit lands on them and they they break bread for days on days on days you know and they bounce off each other and they, and they keep each other built up and they they sharpen each other you know if if you don't have a community you, know, you really need to find one you need to find a body of believers that are like-minded that are truly for God truly love the Lord and you know just put yourself with them and let God love on you that way, you know, until like, like we was talking last night, you know, um, it's sad, but a lot of, a lot of this happens is we lead people to God. We lead them to Christ, but we leave them stand at, we leave them stand at the cross to try to fend for themselves after God saves them. And that's not right. You know, like we was talking last night, you know, you take a newborn baby and you have this baby, but yet you don't feed that baby. What's going to happen? That baby's going to die. Mm-hmm. These new Christians are going to die if we don't teach them up, if we don't teach them how to feed off the Word of God, if we don't teach them how to have that personal relationship with God, if we don't teach them what God wants us to teach them. And that's one way that we as older Christians, like I said, everybody's at a different level of faith. That's why everything works like it does. Mm-hmm. I almost said so. That was, I don't want to interrupt. Go ahead. No, I'm you sorry. should interrupt. But you know, everybody's at a different level, and that's how that's how we sharpen each other because nobody's on the same level. If you're on the same level, it's going to be dead. There's not going to be nothing there. God's definitely not going to be blessing anything because. If you're all on the same level, you're not growing because everybody's caught up with you. So, I mean, you know, the world is like dancing in the rain. If you want to dance in the rain, God will allow you to dance in the rain and get soaked until you decide that uh, God's umbrella is where it needs to be, where you need to be under that cover and in God. Until you get in the morning. Yeah. Or cold. (laughs) Or cold. Yeah. Exactly. But, you know, but God will allow you to dance in the rain mm-hmm. and he'll allow you to he'll allow you to do whatever it needs to be. He'll allow you to be the slave to whatever sin you're in. You know, the thing is, is, is we just got to look to him for everything, for all the answers, for ask him all the questions, 
go to him for all of it. That's my final thought. Yeah, when he says, when you seek me, I will let you find me, Mm -hmm. it's a promise. That's a promise. And he's a promise keeper. He doesn't say something unless he means it. And you got to hold on to that. If if you're in the thick of it, if you're under assault, if you're under attack and you, you, you don't have answers, that's really the only thing you need to know. He sent his son to die for you. His name's Jesus. And he says, if you seek me, I will let you find me. That is a promise. That's Hold a on promise. to that. Absolutely. Yep. When I add to what you are saying, Bob, and just a reminder, and I know you know, but um, we should also always be trying to grow more yes. in our faith. Never stop that. Right. There's never a point where you're like, stop it. Like, people should be always trying to catch up with you because you should always be trying to catch up with somebody else in your exactly. faith. Exactly. You know, and obviously the the main goal is, is to be like Jesus, but there should you should have people in your community that you always that you for lack of a better term you look up to, but you you strive to to have that knowledge and to, mm-hmm. you know, and and stuff like that. So I mean, that's what discipleship is. It yeah. is. I mean, that's that's essentially what it is in a nutshell. Is is you if if you're at different mile markers, like Ronnie says, it's pulling other people to the mile marker you're at and being pulled to the mile marker somebody else is at. It's 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 growth. It's constantly growing. Yeah. Well, the disciples they even practiced that. I mean, they would you know when they were sending going out two by two, they would bring up people and disciple, and they would you know more or less vote as Thomas or whomever may have been ready to go out. Yeah, they didn't turn. They just didn't turn them loose. Here's the key to the car. See you down there. Mm-hmm. So, well, it's also no matter what mile marker we're at, we whatever mile marker we're at, we still gotta take care of the people that's at the behind mile yeah. markers. Also, yeah, yeah. exactly. M- Matthew McConaughey had said something and. Uh, uh, address that he did for some college but you or it might have even been a award show or something but he said people always ask him who his hero is and he's like well i don't have anybody that's my hero if you want me to answer it i'll answer it's me in five years it and then it asked me in five years well it's me in another five years because it's the continuing looking for growth mm-hmm. and everything and and i find that so true because it just mm-hmm. I don't know his faith walker if there is one, but for me, it's always, you know, who, who do I want to be as, as God's child in five years? You know, who do I want to be in my Christian walk in five years? Who do I want everybody to, you know, uh, to how much, how much more do I want everybody to see Christ in me in five years kind of thing, you know? Right. So, well, you know, it goes back to, to, to God says we're running a race. Well, we may be running a race, but to obtain that prize. But even though we're running along beside somebody, if we some, if we absolutely see one of our brothers or sister fall, stop, pick them up, and get them back on their feet and get them running again. Mm-hmm. It's not a race. It's not a race that one person's going to win. Right. It's a race that all of us are going to win. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's where the endurance comes in. The endurance part of it is we run that race. But on the way, we pick our brothers and sisters up and we help them back on their feet and we get them running again. And if we can't get them running again, then we put them on our shoulders and we pack them the rest of the way. Oh, yeah. Because like we've even talked about trying to go up ahead of what God's telling us. Right. And it's that same thing. If you're in that race and you're trying to run ahead of God, first off, you're going to lose every time. Yeah. But, but second off, you're going to come to a point and you're going to stop 
he's going to keep on going. Absolutely. My final thought has to do with the endurance part, right? Like, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I think I was smart enough early on to practice endurance. So then I wasn't blindsided. Don't get me wrong. There were still some cheap shots, you know, here or there. But like with my challenges or my personal challenges or reading so many devotionals in a day or whatever, right? And looking back on my bad week, like it's just a week, right? That could be somebody's year. Mm -hmm. But even though I didn't do the extra things that I normally did, I still endured to do the things that I normally did. I didn't just throw it to the wayside. You stayed the course. Yes. You had to endure because I knew even though I had that glass of tea and we were having that pity party, I knew that it was coming to an end and he would bring it to an end. I just had to keep pressing forward and stay the course. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And not give up. But, but it always amazes me is when you get to a point in your faith walk to where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm still doing the things, but I added something now. You know, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. And then for whatever reason, you don't do that, how it does yeah. affect that entire yeah. day, week, whatever it is, because you, you yourself know, oh, I'm just like you said, I'm just doing the bare minimum. Yep. Mm-hmm. I always yeah. feel like I'm cheating God when I'm there. Yeah. Uh, that's how that's what it feels like to me that I, I, just, I haven't owned up to what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. I'm you just know. hiding behind a bush in a garden, yeah. right? Like, right? In the right. cave. Yeah. Um, or in the cave. You can't see me. Right? <laughs> I, I come to the entrance of the cave and I see the crazy world just going crazy behind me. And I'm like, nope, I'm going back in. Yep. Now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to find a spot even further in. Yeah. Alpha Mike, we pray us out. Absolutely. Lord our God, we just thank you and we humbly come to you and Please, Lord, just remind us daily to be humble. Remind us daily just to come to you with anything and everything that we have, Lord, to not be afraid, to not be afraid of our sin. And if we're caught in our sin, that we have brothers and sisters in Christ around us to call us on them. Lord, let them not sway. Let our attitudes towards them just be loving just be full of grace because we've asked for this when we became accountable to you we asked to be accountable let us not fear that accountability let us not turn away because of that accountability let us just give everything that we have over to you lord we know anything and everything is only possible through you we love you we praise you and we want to honor you in all that we do and it's in your son jesus precious name that we pray amen amen also, before you close out, I want to say we've got permission to feature a new artist now called Rip. I'm super excited about that. And after you do the outro, I think in editing, I'm going to add one of his songs to close out the episode called Drown. So, again, it's Drown by R.I.P. Make sure and listen to it. It's super powerful and very much applies to what we've been talking about today. So, thanks. And we will catch you on the flip side.
let me drown in the darkest days Burdens I carry, I can't escape Take all the troubles and pain away Hoping and praying for better days Don't let me drown, drown, drown Don't let me drown, drown, drown Don't let Lord, me drown Lord, I gave my life in the Age, but it seemed to me I had one aim Give my heart, push you aside Then live my life for the front page Do it my way or the highway And not really lean on my faith But nowadays, not just holidays It's my ways, craving Yahweh Can't hit rock bottom without the rock So now is the time that I need you most Will my life feel like a sinking boat And I need to grow like a seed you sow And my heart can't sustain yet another blow Thought the worst was through when he took my bro Till my father stroke, now we out of home I won't be a father, no, now I'm out of hope Days. Burdens I carry, I can't escape Take all the troubles and pain away Hoping and praying for better days Don't let me drown, drown, drown Don't let me drown, drown, drown Don't let me One day I'll be free again One day we gon' meet again One day I'ma sleep again Till then I'ma weep again can't keep these demons up out of my head Can't pull myself up out of this bed He'll sleep away more than half the day And barely eat like a castaway On the outside looks like he's doing great You can see the jawline once again in his face He's losing weight, but make no mistake He contemplates what they'd have to say If he passed away, cherry tree Promise better days I could barely see Like a scary dream and it's very bleak Make it very brief, I can barely Don't breathe Don't let me drown in the darkest days Burdens I carry, I can't escape Take all the troubles and pain away Hoping and praying for better days Don't let me drown, drown, drown Don't let me drown, drown, drown Don't let me Lord, drown. take these pains, make life peaceful Lift these burdens that make me feeble Cause hurt people, they hurt people And rather than to exert evil No longer want to deceive people Wanna lift them up like a church steeple Constant losses, addictions, betrayal equals Leaning on vices that don't need you Cause the devil knows where I'm weak But the Lord, he knows who I see Only one that won't let me sink So guess which one who got me Yeah, guess which one who got me The one that got me to see That he will not leave or forsake me Or break don't me, let me oh, no. drown in the darkest days Burdens I carry, I can't escape Take all the troubles and pain away Hoping and praying for better days Don't let me drown, drown, drown Don't let me drown